0: Hey, Christy. Hey, Bobby. So we've got a great guest lined up for this week, but something's been bothering me. Okay. You know how everyone's being really nice to Mike lately?
1: I know, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm really sick of it. But what can we do? I think we should bring someone else on the show this week, since Mike's not around. Someone who he would absolutely hate to have be a part of the show.
2: But who can
1: we
0: get? Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to the radio show-turned-podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me tonight, live from the auto Barn of Nissan Studios in Evanston, the gateway to Skokie, Joellen McCauley. Hello, Joe. Hello,
2: Bobby. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. On Mondays, we bring you a recap of the latest TBTL week that was, but this is a Saturday edition of the show. When we take a trip down memory lane as picked by a special guest, TBTL10. Tonight, we talk pre-Andrew Pastrami with Hawaii 10, Charlie Trillis. Hello, Charlie.
3: Hello, Bobby. Hello, Christy. Oh, Joe.
0: (laughs) Charlie, thanks for coming on uh, and making this the widest time zone stretch yet for us. We're glad to have you. Tonight, we'll start out with uh, anything that we must discuss, followed by a little introduction and interview with our guest, Charlie, followed by your TBTL history clip uh, going back to spring of 2012 tonight, followed by how you can get involved in some housekeeping. But first, Joe, is there anything we must discuss tonight? Anything different? Nope, absolutely not. All right, I like it. So with that, we'll move on to our guest, Charlie. Welcome once again, and thank you for joining us tonight. Tell us, because uh, we were talking about this just before we started recording, how would you describe in a few words the clip that you brought us for tonight?
3: Uh, well, when I asked my friends, oh, when I told my friends about it, I just got a headache trying to explain what a podcast and LRV and TVTL was. So I just said, it's a radio interview about men eating pastrami in a restaurant.
0: And I'm sure that didn't faze them in the least, right? <laughs> no.
3: They still had the same puzzled look, but it's a lot easier okay. to explain.
0: <laughs>
4: I
2: told my friends it was just Mike Pesca porn, so I, I'm i right there with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's why you picked that. I mean, we all love a Little Pesca in our lives. Right? This is one of my favorite TBTL moments, and I was so excited, Charlie, when I saw it come through LittleRedBandWagon.com. I think people forget with Andrew's pastrami addiction that in fact TBTL's history involves pastrami from from actually I shouldn't say before Andrew joined the show it was right around his early episodes but he wasn't on this trip. Uh huh. Um, I won't babble on too much now because it'll be more fun to do that after the clip. Instead, uh, Joe, as you always do, why don't you jump into uh, an interview with our friend Charlie?
2: Perfect. So Charlie. Tell me about your first time. What was your first TBTL episode? And do you remember it? And and take us down that memory lane.
3: Well, I vaguely remember it. My first episode was the day after Brian Park Project got canceled. And I remember Luke talking about, um, well, somebody talking about Luke being in Seattle and he had his own podcast or radio show. So I listened one morning i think they were doing it in the morning here in hawaii and i just like got hooked he was like welcome bpp sojourners and from that moment i i knew i was you know i was a listener were
0: you a were you a faithful bryant park project listener before the before jumping over to tvtl were you in that boat
3: yes i was
0: how did you find bpp
3: In my office, um, my coworker listened to NPR a lot. And during pledge week, he usually turns it off and, um, switches over to another station. And so I started listening to it on the internet. And from the internet, I found Brian Park project and I wanted them, I wanted HBR to bring it here, but they kept saying no to my, um, to my emails. So. I just started listening to Brian Park Project, and like before I knew it, you know, I was I was listening to TBTL.
0: We should back up a little bit before Joe continues <laughs> with her line of questioning for you, because I have a couple of questions about where you are and how you got there. Um, like I said, I think you're you're by far the westernmost ten that we've interviewed yet on Little Red Bandwagon. So tell us where you are and how you got there.
3: Well, I am in Honolulu, Hawaii. Not to brag. I was born in the Philippines, and I immigrated here when I was six, and I've been trying to leave ever since, but it's just a little too expensive to leave. I mean, it's really hard to leave paradise, you know, looking out the window. (laughs) All you see is rain and clouds and more rain and humidity. I mean, it's beautiful.
2: Sounds really rough.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so dodging a pledge week is at the heart of your origin story. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it.
2: So Charlie, what made you attend? Was it a particular episode? Was it a particular experience? When did you feel like you were actually a 10? You were part of the community. You were a fan. That was it. There was no looking back. When was that and what made that happen for you?
3: I'm not really sure. I just love listening to his audio drops and he was the only one that i that started shows with audio drops.
2: Do you have a favorite audio drop? Not to put you on the spot, but
3: Um uh, <laughs> yes, i do actually when he um the the commercials that he um he grabs like slabjacking sure. and don't miss the sausage fest. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the sausage fest. <laughs> Sometimes i have it on speaker at work and then he played it and then they're like, "Don't miss the sausage fest." And my boss looks at me and I'm like, Oops.
2: <laughs> "I often accidentally say drops just in conversation, which is kind of embarrassing." I mean, when you walk into like a conference room at work and I'm all, don't miss the Sausage Fest. That's at least you have context. (laughs) I don't. So it's great.
0: I feel like you're kind of asking for it at that point. (laughs) I know. I know.
2: (laughs) Great. Uh, So, Charlie, have you made any TVTL appearances? Have they read any emails on the air? Have you been actually able to be on the show in any capacity
3: no i haven't but does the andrew walsh show count
2: it does uh, well i mean I that on... gives you a half point i think were you a call-in yeah tell us about that
3: no i was a. Uh, um they also had like live streaming so i would chat in all the time and they would read some of the responses that we that i had like me and nick used to talk a lot of seahawks
0: football <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that uh, sounds that's... like nick That's erstwhile (laughs) Walsh show producer Uh Nick Jaren. Yes. (laughs) For those of you who weren't Cairo fans or people who tuned into the Andrew Walsh show, I would occasionally jump into those chats when I could just to harass people. But (laughs) the timing's off for me. Although, what time? That was 7 to 10 on the West Coast. So that was was... fairly convenient for you.
3: Yes, that was. That was 4 to 6. And that was basically as soon as I would start falling asleep at work. I would just turn on the Andrew Walsh, and it would keep me up for the the final push. I thought you were going to go
0: the other way (laughs) with that. I thought you were going to say that you just put on the... I
2: thought you were going to be like, as soon as I start to fall asleep, I would just turn that on and some sweet Z's would happen. I would just (laughs) deep rem it right there.
0: There's nothing worse than waking up the coast to coast, (laughs) though. (laughs) Charlie, I'm curious, are there... Do you know if there are a lot of 10s on the island here on Oahu, right?
3: Yes. Um... There's, I think there's one because I remember someone wearing a shirt on a Facebook page. But other than that, that's the only 10 that I've heard of. Everyone else has come to visit and that's pretty much it.
2: Speaking of visiting, Charlie, what is your guest room sitch? Like, are we besties now? (laughs) Can I come visit? What's up? You have room for a Joe, I think you do. Shh. Trust me, you do. I yeah, think I do yeah. too. Yeah, we have a awesome. couch. Couch. All right, whatever. Make <laughs> it work. Okay.
0: <laughs> We've all got room for little Joe <laughs> in uh-huh. our lives.
2: <laughs> um. So, final question, Charlie. Why does TBTL matter?
3: Well, TBTL matters. Well, I was also having a hard time going through like a bad breakup somewhere in between now and when I started, and TBTL was a thing that was there for me and you know feels like they're friends basically oh, we're friends
2: charlie yeah
3: from oh, yeah. <laughs> well like jen andrew and sean i mean i love them but i've never even met any of them before
0: <laughs> i hadn't thought of it we often end up talking to people and asking if they've ever been to a meetup it's probably about as hard for you as it is for any 10 to get to any of the dbtl meetups
3: uh-huh the closest i've got to was a stick cam when they did the coffee shop book review, and there was that the vacuum guy. Are you the
2: vacuum guy? I forget
3: what show that was. Charlie. No, I'm not the vacuum guy. Are
0: you sure? (laughs) All right.
3: Well, I do have a vacuum in my (laughs) shirt. No.
0: (laughs) This is why, before we started rolling, I said that we should turn this into a video podcast. I know. All right. So, Charlie, of all the clips you could have picked to, to submit... What drove you to this very atypical episode of TBTL?
3: Well, like I said, since I'm a Brian Park Project Sojourner, this episode brought back all the BPP guys and. They were all recording and it was nice to hear everybody's um, everybody's voices again. And when Andrew started talking about his pastrami addiction, I mean, it just brought everything full circle for me.
0: We've got a lot of listeners to Little Red Bandwagon and I'm sure just in general, a lot of TBTL10s who weren't familiar with Bryant Park Project. I only know of it uh, retroactively through Luke. So... Could you tell us a little bit about the players that we're going to hear from and kind of who each of these people are? Because I think that would actually be really helpful for a lot of people.
3: Okay, sure. Uh, we have Luke Burbank, host of TBTL. Uh, Mike Pesca, he, he took over a hosting job for Luke when after Luke left. And he's now the host of The Gist, Slate, friend of the show. Yeah, he's
0: come a long way, taking over for Luke at Brian Park Project, then other NPR sports gigs, and now he's got his own thing. Uh I think he's uh, uh, just leapfrogged everybody else.
3: (laughs) And then there's Dan Pashman. Dan Pashman was a producer for the show, and now he has his own podcast. He has his own book. That came out. It's called the uh, Sparkful, and he also has a video podcast with the uh, cooking channel. I think it yes, is. Yes,
2: he does. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's he's a charmer. Actually, I think all these guys are. That, yeah. That's the one thing that the Brian Park Project throughput here. These guys, I do all of them. That's my point. <laughs> Even Wynn, who I know the least about because I'm just not as acquainted with his work. Yeah, I'm not sure what
3: Wynn is doing. I think he's working on some kind of TV show for uh, either PBS or public television. He does all kinds of media. I'm not sure where he does. But a lot of TBTL TBTL uh, listeners know who he is because he's the infamous I will rap anybody that's a Jew voicemail. Do you guys remember that?
0: Uh, I think that's before my time.
3: Oh, he left like uh, one of those drunk voicemails on Luke's phone, and it was one of the funniest drunk voicemails I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> Wait, take me through this again. What? What is this? I don't remember this. And I thought I was listening to the show then. So, and I'm a Jew. So, back up. What was this drunk voicemail?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so he get he gets drunk calls all the time from win rosenfeld and one of the one of the drunk voicemails was he said he would battle rap any <gasps> jew that's something i forget what it was but it had it was a very specific type okay. of person okay.
2: <laughs> you know yeah i mean as a jew i get asked to battle rap a lot so you know, this makes so <laughs> much sense to me
0: All right, we're going to put the LRB research team on finding that. In the meantime, let me give a little context for the clip we're about to hear. This is episode number 1069 in the Collector Series, live from the Second Avenue Deli in New York City. It's April 27th, 2012. We'll play the whole episode. It's it's not a particularly long episode. And in fact, since you've already introduced the players, Charlie, I'm just going to read the original description of the show from way back when. It reads, in possibly the most bizarre TBTL of all time, that's up for debate, Luke and his pals descend on the Second Avenue Deli in New York, eat and drink up a storm, record it, and call it entertainment. Uh, So with that, let's take a step back now and regular producer Mike McCauley, uh, take off that hat and roll the clip.
4: New York. New York.
5: Well, hi there. Welcome to another edition of TBTL. This is the show that's probably too beautiful to live. My name's Luke Burbank. I'm your host. This is episode 1069 in a collector's series coming to you once again from New York City. Uh, I've been back here doing uh, some television recording for CBS and i um, Tomorrow morning, I will be on the uh, show Up with Chris Hayes on MSNBC, if you get a chance to check that out. Um, What we have for you today on this Friday edition of the program is really and truly one of the more bizarre recording experiences I've ever been a part of. Last night, uh, me and three buddies, uh, Dan Pashman, who does the uh, great podcast, The Sporkful, along with Mark Garrison. Uh, Also, my friend Wynn Rosenfeld, who is an amazing uh, filmmaker, video person, editor. And then our buddy Mike Pesco, who you've heard on uh, TBTL a bunch of times, is a sports reporter at NPR. We all went to the 2nd Avenue Deli. And by the time I got there, everybody else uh, already had their recording equipment out. Mike had his audio stuff. Dan had his stuff. Wynn was videotaping the entire thing on his phone. And we proceeded to sit there and cross-interview each other in the most bizarre way of all time. So just imagine a table. Three of the four guys have microphones and are constantly moving the microphones around the table So when I'm talking, Dan is recording me because he's going to put it on his podcast, The Sporkful. And when he's talking, I'm recording him because it's going to end up being a part of TBTL. And Mike's rolling on the whole thing for God knows what. I guess maybe inclusion in some NPR story that he's going to do. Anyway, I don't know what happened. I don't know if what happened was good imaginary radio or not. I haven't listened back to it. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to listen back to it because I think it will mortify me. But without further ado... Here is our conversation from the Second Avenue Dell. I don't know if I've ever seen four bigger jerk offs at a restaurant table. <laughs> Dan Pashman with his uh, recording equipment, uh, Michael Pesca with his, and then Win Rosenfeld, the filmmaker of the bunch. Just you don't even have a, you, an iPhone. Wh- i have an iPhone that's got a uh, that's got a high resolution video recorder on it, Luke. Um, What was the, what were you saying the waitress's reaction to you? I just got here second ago, we're at Second Avenue Deli in New York. What was the waitress's reaction to this scene that's playing out already?
4: (laughs) What's befuddlement, but like less committed to the emotion?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, it was sort of like, um, well, I think amused would be giving us too much credit probably. Uh, I I I think it helps us that she's bored. (laughs)
2: I think so if she had
4: f- if she had a cigarette in her mouth, it would her jaw would have gone slack and it would have fallen out due to how stultifyingly boring the
5: conversation was. Yeah,
6: the only reason why she wasn't just completely, totally dismayed with boredom is that she has nothing else to do right now.
5: So, uh, what this was your idea, Dan Pashman? Um, you said you had a you had a powerful lust for uh, for a hot pastrami, and here we are now. What what had you so excited about this place? Well, I mean,
6: to me. This is the best pastrami sandwich you're going to get in New York City, Second Avenue Deli, and uh, you know just once in a while, you know the, the hot pastrami is a uh, an uh, elusive mistress, and when when you hear that siren call, then you must come and get some hot pastrami, and I usually call win when that when I get that that urge, and it's just the the best flavor. Uh, you get it. it's just so soft and tender here, just the right amount of fattiness. Um, it's not too watery, which is a problem with some of the other premier joints around New York City. Um, and so I'll, I'll eat half the sandwich just with my hands, taking the meat out of the sandwich and putting it directly into my mouth because I want to it, eat it unadulterated.
5: I'm sure that'll win some points with this waitress. <laughs> now, I already messed something up as the resident goy here. I, I just went for this tray of pickles, but I forgot that the, the translucence or non-translucence of the pickle indicate something what did I what did I do Ron Pesca
4: well the m- less green it gets the more sour it gets so that one has been sitting it's like you know the dark side you ate the Darth Vader of pickles I
5: ate my grandfather's testicles of pickles
4: yeah they're not even of pickles I happen to know that about you <laughs> uh,
5: okay so strike one Burbank what what Dan is the <laughs> this is, so this is I, just wh- st- I,
4: just I want I want thing.
5: someone to take a picture of us doing this <laughs>
4: I think it has to be the video
5: But right? I want no but it I want wind to be, no, nice to no I, I want wind to be recording on his phone while we're all sticking microphones in each other's faces Dan is now got his mic trained on me and Pesca, you're you're the demure one. You're just over there. What are you? Are you getting a NAT sound right yeah, now? Just rolling. I just,
4: I'm rolling in the background, so in case we need to cover up any pickups. Okay, oh, so hey, hold we on. Should, we should refer to pickups in this conversation. Okay, okay, so let me take that again. How are you, Dan? Wait, hold on. Let me take that again. How are you, Dan?
5: Okay, so so I'm gonna I'll mic Dan, right. Mike you mic me, right. and Dan you mic Mike,
6: right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and when you record the whole thing. Uh, say, say no friends in high school on three. <laughs> nope. okay. One, No two, three. No, no friends, friends in high school. That's how this kind of a situation is playing out. Yeah, so. I'm now being reported on the NPR gear, and Ashwin, you're
4: being reported on. And I head. believe in her executive vowed that that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Take that away. a promise. <laughs> oh, my God.
5: That's beautiful. Um Okay, so uh, if, if I want to... Uh, so Luke, yeah.
6: Luke Burbank, so Luke uh, joining us here on the Sporkful, Luke Burbank, host of TBTL and uh, Ross and Burbank on Cairo in Seattle. Great to have you back on the Sporkful. You just joined us here at the table, and you just had an incident with the pickles. Tell us about that.
5: Uh, well, I uh, I went for one of the middle pickles, which was a, a kind of a darker green, or just looks, it looks more briny. It looks like it's been soaking for longer, and... I took a bite, and I said, not unlike a small child whose taste palate is very narrow, I said, I don't like it. And then you guys all looked at me and said, well, of course, you should have gone half sour. I went full sour. You never go full sour.
6: Yeah, and, and, not on like a small child,
5: and then, not unlike a small child,
6: you put uh, the half-eaten pickle back into the bowl for everyone else to
5: try to eat it. Now let me ask let me ask you this, Mike Pesca.
4: Actions have consequences on others. It's an uh, it's a concept you may not understand. Also, when I remove the tomato it, and put it behind my back, it's still there, even though you can't see it. Nope,
5: that's not true. It doesn't exist anymore. How are you, Mike, going to use? So Dan's putting this together for the Sportful. I'm doing it for TBTL. You're a sports reporter for NPR. The challenge to you is: How do you weasel in some piece of this tape into one of your stories on NPR?
4: At about the 20-minute of our meal, I'm going to throw out there, what do you guys think of Alabama defensive end Co- Courtney Upshaw? There'll be some opinions, and I'll say, you know, New Yorkers were heard to be debating the very subject in a prominent deli that afternoon.
5: This is how Mike Daisy got started. <laughs> it's just <laughs> BSing with his friends, and then one day they became sources, and the next thing you know.
4: Also, the fry cook here at the 2nd Avenue deli is armed. <laughs> That's, that's right,
5: that's right, a good Foxconn reference for you um, So, uh, Wynn, how's it going for you over there, buddy? Are you, has your mind
4: exploded yeah, yet? No, I'm doing, I'm doing great I'm going to use this footage as a, um, a visual aid for a lecture I'm doing on the uh, mediocrity of uh, digital media <laughs> And the downsides, the fact that everyone can make a podcast or a video
6: Low barrier to entry, clearly uh, a plus in our case
5: I really think that this might—I think that this might be the most meta moment I've ever been a part of, and I feel like we're only moments away from the universe folding it on itself.
4: Actually, it's the Second Avenue Deli's surveillance film of this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, with the time code. You'd know be funny if, like. If the Sporkful podcast just kind of had a slightly different tone from Too Beautiful to Live, and of course NPR does, and we, we just had to retake every comment to pitch it to the audience in question, like yours was more of a 20-something, and yours more of a, like a working mom, and mine, mine's more of a, you know, college educated, and so like we couldn't use contractions when we made statements for me, and you know, we'd have to have references to some hip bands for your podcast, Luke, and then... I don't know what. That's. That would
5: be basically, uh, I think you're describing what they tried to do with the Bryant Park Project. Ah. Not that I'm bitter, but, I mean, that's the thing. I'm really not, but that's the thing. You know, like, uh, I've just obviously given up on footnoting anything, on accuracy, on not swearing, on not referring to food items at this restaurant as my grandfather's testicles.
4: I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something. This is a, a true and interesting thing. It is for, for
5: once during yeah. this recording session.
4: I'll, I'll at, least, uh, at least definitely say it's true. So I've been doing CNN spots, or not spots, you know, they interview me on weekends. And um, I've been at NPR for eight years. And in eight years, I've never had a conversation like... Um, Mike, what do you think the typical NPR listener is? Okay, try to pitch your comments to them. Like no one ever talks about the audience, uh, except in a general term, like this is good to listen to or this isn't, right? No one ever says, since our audience is mostly this kind of person, avoid this kind of subject. But, you know, of course you internalize and know what the audience is. So the very first time I go on CNN, actually not the first time, they interview me a lot, but they kind of want to make it a uh, uh, standard uh, set date, I so, like, all right, let's just talk a little bit. Tell me who you think the demographic is. Tell me what you think. Uh, what kind of stories work? And I told him, like, yeah, that's about right. Here are the stories that work. Here are the stories that doesn't. Here's who. Go-. Like, it was just this huge demographic conversation, which is not at all illegitimate. Just striking to me that it, nothing like that ever happens at NPR. So,
5: so uh, is that why you? Is that why you were doing those stories about that lesbian, one-legged Haitian yeah. golfer?
4: Yeah. Stories that you and your family cannot miss. It's bizarrely that that's how
5: the demographics worked out. That's the hot zip. In 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 commercial radio, we call it a hot zip. That's the zip code where you have a high concentration of listeners. And every time I look at the hot zips of my radio station, I cry a little bit.
6: <laughs> uh, we also call those the P1 listeners. Yes. You heard that term?
4: Uh, yes, yes, yes. I have. Um, so the hot zips is that are those the ones when you give the weather in uh, weather in weather in Massapequa and in Seaford? It's seventy eight in Rockland. It's seventy four. And do you always give the hot zip name? Do you always give a shout out to your town?
5: If or? I was better, if I was better at my job, I would because that is actually. I mean, really, you wonder why it is they're talking about the traffic in some out of the way place that yeah. you probably haven't been, or the the weather at at a, you know whatever Inwood Elementary. It's like. Because you're right, that's probably a hot zip for uh, for Channel 7 or whatever.
4: A question I have. I have heard that there is no way that you have the actual readouts from these places. Do you just uh, fluctuate by one or two based on your own whim when you give the weather in the specific locations? Or is there a card that says, when you say Inwood always minus three from what it is at the airport? When you say, you know... Capitol Hill, it's always plus one. You, type, That's
5: type you know, and I never even thought about that. But how would they know? Like, they don't, do they have, do they have sensors set up everywhere? I can tell you about the traffic stuff because I was a traffic reporter. It, they've done these studies. Uh, that find that the chances of you getting useful traffic information when you're driving to work are like infinitesimally small because you have to be at a decision point and then they have to be talking about a thing that actually affects you and there has to be an alternative. You, c- I mean, the chance of all that coming together so that it's useful for you is like nil. It's just a thing we want to hear in the morning because it makes us feel a false sense of control.
4: Of course, the person who did the study was immediately disappeared afterwards. <laughs> well,
6: I, actually, though, I, I've, I actually, though, have had pretty decent success lately with... Uh, uh, the google traffic layer on the phone uh iphones which you three probably have because you're so cool uh, have awful gps and it probably doesn't work at all but the gps on the android phone works really well oh wait hang on
5: um, sorry to do this to you this is okay. i'm embarrassed of myself right now can i get a, a johnny walker red neat
6: and, and do we want to order some food
5: Are we ready yeah sure food? yeah i'm in
6: all right. Um, what, what are we thinking here? Are, are we all just getting pastrami? We're we getting other things.
5: when please stop videotaping this. I don't want anyone to know this happened.
6: Can I have a hot pastrami, on the ride, please? Wait, Thank t- you. T- Take that again, please. Can I have a uh,
4: turkey with uh,
6: <laughs> no bread?
4: Not, not, not juicy enough. Yeah. No, the hot pastrami,
6: please.
4: I'll have a hot pastrami, please.
5: Uh, I'll also have a hot pastrami.
4: How about this? I get a pastrami, and we can split ours. Okay. Okay, I'll get, a, I'll get a hop. No, I mean, I get a hop pastrami, he gets a hop pastrami, and we'll split it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get a hop pastrami. Is anyone going to get anything else? Like a soup? I
6: mean, soup you can get If you want to get other things, I mean, there's soup. You can get, like, a gribbonus. If you had gribbonus. No, what is that? That's deep fried chicken skins.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I want I want to try that. I'm watching uh, my weight. To
6: light
5: that <laughs> <laughs> that's really intense. You don't want to be in the booth at sing sing with me after that.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> a rough. That's a rough day.
5: Can I get a Grey Goose and soda with a lime? Okay.
4: Uh, Wait, along with Johnny
5: Walker? A, a Johnny Walker Red, and then I need something to chase it with. which Would be a Grey Goose and soda. Most have you, if you've noticed, most of my ordering is focused on the alcohol portion of the evening. And
6: that's impressive. I'll actually ha- I'll actually have a Johnny Walker uh, on the rocks as well, please.
5: And Mine's the, not rocks. Mine's neat, please. Do you Thank you. Want you. The, the goose uh, no, I'll have that on the rocks. Thank you.
6: But it's Grey Goose with soda. Yeah, Grey Goose
5: and soda. Thank and, you. Um,
6: do we want and do we want chopped
5: liver? You want to try chopped liver? That one I don't have any interest in, just based on the negative connotation. L-
6: let's start with this. And uh, may I say that again?
5: <laughs> oh please. <laughs> all right. Uh,
6: I, I, I'm not used to moving the mic back and forth. Uh, you guys have more experience in this than I do. Um, why don't we just start with that? We can always order appetizers after the entrees, which, by the way, is a strategy that I highly
5: recommend. Can we all? Uh, can we have a, like an armistice? Can we all stop recording and try to get our dignity back for like ten minutes?
6: Everyone press stop on your machines and walk away.
5: Yeah. <laughs> all right, that
1: sounds right. good. When the food comes back, we'll get to yeah. Record. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Okay, so was that for and you guys were going to Wait, share. Four. four. That's that's humor. That was that was humor from him.
5: Thank
4: you. You're gonna
5: need that one, man.
4: Damn it! You're still recording, you cheater.
5: All right. Uh, so the sandwiches are uh, here now. We're, we've jumped forward about 15 minutes and one St. Louis Blues story in time. Uh, so Pashman, uh, can you uh, tell us tell us what we got in front of us and what we're looking for here?
6: I'll, I'll do my intro too. Okay, so okay, so the sandwiches have arrived. They look so glorious. Uh, Wynn is taking videos. You can see them glistening. The, the, the overhead lights are causing them to glisten. I am going to go ahead and remove the top layer of bread and just stick my finger directly into the meat and put it into my mouth. as I would, I'm
4: say, I would say the fat might be causing the glisten as much as the light. It is the two elements together. Mm. So delicious.
6: It's so good. So good. Mike, what are your thoughts?
4: It's really so delicious. When you say best pastrami, look, there's Sarge's Deli down the block. I know you're not supposed to say that here. It's good pastrami. Like you wouldn't come out of there going, "I had a substandard pastrami."
5: Oh man, that was really good. What makes
4: it just the thinness.
5: Now, when they say hot pastrami, is it that the sandwich is warmer? That it's supposed to be spicy hot? What's the hot? Temperature hot.
6: It's it's kept in a steamer, so it's nice and warm. They slice it. They slice it thin, but it's also just like just the right level of fattiness in the meat. Um, and and uh, to me, I think, I think it's the marbleization of their cut that makes it superior in, in, in reality. When, right. when you got thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I shoved the mic in front of the guy right as he takes a giant bite of pastrami. No, oh,
0: pastrami's great.
4: It's very marbled. <laughs> I will say this about pastrami. It is the only sandwich where, but for a spread, you really not only don't need to, but flat out should not put anything on it. Even the cheesesteak, onions are good, mushrooms, I won't won't discount the mushrooms. Even corned beef, of course you have some cabbage with it. Think of another sandwich, I don't count PB&J, another meat-based sandwich where it would be insane to put any tomato, lettuce, anything else on it.
5: That's a good point because you want to just, it sounds like you just want to show off the meat. Let me ask this to you guys, and I'm throwing around as much of my Yiddish as I can here. Would it be gauche if I ordered another entire sandwich and ate it here? And I'm not even joking. No, it would not
6: be gauche. Go- it was gauche? Is that it goes, your Yiddish? Yiddish
5: <laughs> Isn't that Yiddish?
4: No, no, it's French. It would be, it would It be. I'm trying be to use as
5: much French as I can.
4: To <laughs> the, it would not, in fact, be would, for
5: <laughs> Would it, my... I'm trying to use as much French as I can. Uh, and also, these chairs are not great. My tukus is a little sore. Yeah,
6: That's better. Now you're doing better. All right.
5: Now you're on the See, because right. I used a, a Yiddish word, and when I was playing French, and then see, see what I did there? You see what I did there? Yeah, but when you when you
6: said you were going to speak Yiddish, and then you said ghost, you sounded like a little bit of a yutz.
5: Oh, all right. A uh, burn on me. Okay, listen. Luke, I want you to take
6: a bite of the pastrami, Luke. I want you to take a bite of the pastrami without bread.
5: You want me to do one of your patented disgusting finger pickups? Don't mind if he'll, I do.
4: He'll pick it up for you if you
0: want.
5: <laughs> it's good. But, so this raises the question, why do they serve it on the bread? Because it sounds, Pashman, like you You think it's better to just eat it straight. I mean, the, the bread is an encumbrance.
4: Because of society. Luke, <laughs> because
5: we have a society that we're trying to live in. <laughs>
6: uh, my, stra- my strategy with a hot pastrami sandwich <laughs> is to eat about half the meat off the top with my fingers then to eat it sandwich style the second half because I do like the fresh rye bread I do like the Russian dressing of other people mustard all that stuff is nice but the meat is the star and, and that must be always remembered and, and I think that you know this gets back to also you know, the price people talk about was well, $16 for a pastrami sandwich but I mean I don't oh shit it's
5: $16 for one of these I <laughs>
6: <laughs> wow. want to go back
5: wow I just took a $45 rickshaw here I'm <laughs> fine <laughs>
4: Yeah. No. For rickshaws, that's a very reasonable price.
5: <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit pause again and in I'm gonna hit pause again and eat some more of this uh, of this sandwich and uh and have some of this—the largest pour of Johnny Walker.
6: Yeah, the, dear God, dude! They gave you like a, that's a like a handle in a cocktail glass. That's ridiculous. I'm gonna drink some of that. I'm gonna
5: drink some of yours. Well, that's how I'm like. That's how I'm making up for the $16 sandwiches. I got like a $30 shot of. Oh, fries are here. Super we can take
4: this.
1: hot. Just-
6: we just got a shipment of homemade fries, home-cut, fresh-cut fries. I'm sorry. What was your
1: name, ma'am? Lynn.
6: I mean how long have you been working in
1: Second It'll be twenty years.
6: What makes what makes great pastrami great pastrami?
1: The curing. Ours is what I call meltable. It is sensational and after twenty years I'm not sick of it. And uh, that says a lot.
6: Working here for 20 years, how much pastrami do you eat on a weekly basis?
1: I at least have one sandwich a week. Extra lean the only way to go. Wait, you can
5: order it extra lean?
1: Of course. Or lean or fatty.
5: Can I order another one extra lean? Of course. Okay, thank you.
1: I, I got to say
6: I got to say I think that's a big mistake. We just agreed that the fattiness, the marbling is too, that's what makes that's it so great.
1: People, people think about the olden days when extra lean pastrami was horrible. It was dried out. Now they have a, a better way of of smoking and curing. You want to try it? I'll get you a sample. Okay.
4: Uh,
5: Oh, this is this is sweet. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this recorder down again because I do feel like we're starting to attract attention. This is like doing an interview in like North Korea You're trying to just like there you are. lower.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you.
5: All right, here we go with the lean pastrami, which is back now. That's delicious.
4: I would not have I would not
5: have uh, had you served that up to me before this.
1: I with the food. I'm Jewish. I, they are, to me, they're not family, but they're like family. I'm working for them. I won't work for anybody else. That's and true. believe me, I've had offers. Come in, headhunters. Um, Jeffrey Chartawa Who's
4: that?
1: He
6: was I know him. Yeah.
1: With, yeah. With Rocco Dispirito, yeah, the one who needs you. to grow a pair with the <laughs> mother, whatever wow. that was about. He He tried to get me away. <laughs> Left mm. me a $100 bill on his card. Wow. Anyway. Is it possible he was just hitting on you? Yeah, maybe it wasn't that way I wish, <laughs> but I've seen his wife. She's hot. <laughs> anyway, enjoy. Thank, Thank you, Lynn. Um,
6: Can I give you some advice here, Luke, on the chopped liver? Don't focus on the
5: word liver.
6: And Focus
5: on the word chopped?
6: <laughs> don't focus on what it's called. All right. Um,
5: Can I just say something? Can I say something really kind of, uh, like, which is going to make Lynn mad at the beginning of this whole situation with the liver the reason i don't like to eat liver is because of the function that the liver serves in the body of the animal or the human is this human or animal
6: it's animal liver and most cows don't drink as much as you do
5: well okay that's a fair point um (laughs) i nicknamed i nicknamed my liver
1: human or animal and i'm standing and he's sitting what is wrong with this picture
5: no, okay. no, but here's the thing: the liver, the liver is the thing that has to filter out all of the other bad stuff, and I don't understand. You're
1: just a barrel of fun are I know, you?
5: I know. I apologize in advance, Lynn. I apologize.
6: Well, you're
1: single. I have a friend who's a coroner, and she would get along great.
6: Lynn, I should let you know that this gentleman is from Seattle.
1: That doesn't explain it. Okay, this is the deal. Okay. You smear this on your bread. Try it with the sautéed onions on top of the liver. Oh, my God. Okay. It makes it go from great to sensational. But it's... Uh, I don't even like chopped liver. I love this. I swear to God, I love it. Okay. How often a week
4: do you eat this? Well,
1: because my cholesterol has to be lowered, not as often as I want. But I do take a sneak here and there because it's amazing. It is utterly amazing. Rye
4: or ca- challah?
1: It- Rye. Rye is the original. Some people do like challah, but... You want the full experience, the rye.
4: Ask um, your Rye or Holla. Uh,
5: which raises the other question, Rye, rye or the Kaiser.
4: Or the weird or al- rye. <laughs> we
5: weird, weird al- no weird fans. Or
4: perhaps you would like an appetizer. <laughs> Stay away from the tuna, it smells funny tonight. But you just can't go wrong with the rye or the kaiser. Yeah. Yeah,
6: excellent. Um, Luke I, Luke, I think that you should think of it not as chopped liver, but think of it as Jewish guacamole.
5: <laughs> that would... Uh, wait, does guacamole come from the part of the avocado that filters out all of the bile?
6: <laughs> <laughs> if that helps you get through the night, yes.
5: All right. Uh, all right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do the whole thing. I
4: mean, thinking about the animal or, or, or the... Go on, Mike. Think about the function of anything is definitely uh not why yeah but it's the body, but but this is strategy. the but bo- but this
5: is the body's this is the body's landfill this is the fresh kills of the body, and that's sort one of thing. Like everything else, is like we, we move the blood around the body. We help the oxygen. We apparently what I eat mostly is heart and lungs, right. but like. For well, most livers, like a guy with a bent nose, going don't
4: ask. Right? Exactly, you don't want to know. The less you know, <laughs> the better it will taste. By the way, you
6: can tell this is great. By the way, you can tell this is a great rye bread if you feel the density of it. Just massage it in your fingers, the bread areas, not the crust areas you can really sense that there's a nice density here, and that means that it's very good rye bread.
5: I think it's really interesting, Danimal, that you eat, you you consume food both... Should I take that again? uh, For the people listening to TBTL where we don't do edits, I'm going to say this again so that Dan has a recording of it. I think it's interesting, Dan, how you're talking about I mean, granted, you were mostly going for the flavor with eating the pastrami without the bread. But I do feel like you're a tactile eater. Like, it has to do almost with, like, hand feel and the thickness of stuff and the whatever, the density, as much as the taste and whatever. Like, you really – because I feel like when I listen to you on the Sportsful talking about stuff, you talk about taste a lot. But you talk about the feel and the heft of things as much as anything.
6: I think that's true. I mean, first of all, part of eating is actually putting the food into your mouth. Mm. It's
4: important to remember that. Mm, Uh, Or – If you do it right, having someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
6: But the other thing thing is that it's, uh, you know, there's there's a sensory experience to eating, you know, but but it's also, it's a lot of it when you talk about the physical structure of the food, a lot of it is about ratios and and what happens to the food. I you were going to
5: say race, and I'm really glad to hear that that ended in shio. Yeah, I'm I'm playing the
6: race card here in this discussion of chopped liver. (laughs)
4: What if in markets that hate Al Sharpton's show, they air it on a half-hour delay and just a just add Shio after every one of his references to race? Like in Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi, it's like, wow, well, I love Al Sharpton. He's only talking about ratios. I, you know, I kind of like uh, I kind of like Jesse Jackson. He talks more about fractions, but <laughs> Sharpton on ratios is fantastic.
6: Luke, I have to express a little bit of concern with your ratio of, of chopped liver
5: to onions. I actually was, well, let me say this. I looked over at Pesca, who had like an onion or two. This shows you how afraid I am of the chopped liver. I'm trying to drown it under a sea of forgetfulness of chopped onions. onions. Yeah, are you, are, you, are you sensing a theme here yeah. regarding yeah. me and the chopped liver? So, too many onions? Should I take some of the onions off?
6: I mean, look, if you're, if you're going to eat chopped liver, then eat chopped liver and taste it and love it, okay? At least the first two.
5: All right. All right, here we go. I'm going to do this. I've the never... Makes
6: first ever chopped liver experience.
5: And not, not just chopped liver, but, I mean, maybe liver of any what about kind. I don't like that. I don't like that for the same reason.
4: What about patak.
5: Nope. What about all Always. Uh, sometimes two times without pulling out. Um... It's not really relevant to food, but I thought it might make you laugh. All right, here we go. We'll put a drum roll in later. On TBTL, they don't sweeten their drum rolls. Just seeing Awful. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, horrible. I'm, I'm, uh, for sure. it's,
4: uh,
5: <laughs> I can't think of anything I want to eat less. Dude Was this all a joke on me? No.
6: Is this I mean, a I candid... mine. A... mine. I'm about to eat about a half pound of it right now. This
5: is
4: not a... This is... You didn't just candid camera me... Do you want to
6: see me eat a giant? Do you want to see me eat a giant mouthful of it right now to prove this not a joke?
4: Wait, wait! You didn't swallow the liver part, did you? <laughs> just to get the onions to stick to the bread. Oh my god! You know, you know what the dirty little secret about chopped liver is? It tastes like liver.
6: What do you guys think
3: of the chopped liver? I what do you them. should ask?
4: I loved it. I think it's great. I'm a huge chopped liver
6: Wait hold my mic so I can eat something. Way to hold my mic. I, don't
5: know. I didn't really like it. Do you ever eat it?
1: I do, actually. It was an acquired taste for me, but I do like it,
4: yes.
5: I'm sure that as chop, I'm sure that as chop liver goes, this is the like chop liver to end all chop liver. But
4: it literally did end all chop livers for you, I think.
5: It started and ended my entire relationship <laughs> with chop liver.
4: liver. Yeah, liver. Yeah,
5: no, not for me. Because when I was a kid, like one time, I think my mom made liver and I did not like it, and I thought maybe it was bad preparation. But I just had it and that tasted exactly. I, I, the good news is, in retrospect, my mom wasn't that bad at cooking liver because that's pretty much what it tasted like. So. But again, I'm the I'm in the minority here. I'm the only one who's not a fan. So hey,
6: you know what? Uh, more liver for me. I'm going to town right now. Right.
4: Second Avenue Deli got you closer, united you with your mom. I mean, it took 20 years, mm-hmm. but made you realize something special about your mom. Maybe she did love you after all.
5: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, but but uh, but wow! Really? You guys really eat this? Like voluntarily? You eat this? How are you feeling? man! All right. Teach their own. Um, I'm going to hit pause again because I feel like it's getting weird and possibly anti-Semitic here
6: <laughs> as I start to
5: question chopped liver too deeply. starting mean, to get you looked.
6: Guys. You, you guys. guys. What did you think of the onions with the liver? Oh, don't ask him. They're going to go
5: <laughs> I loved the onions, Lynn. The onions, amazing. Rye bread, incredible. Yes.
6: I love chopped liver in general, Lynn. Oh, sorry, ask your question again, Lynn. <laughs> yes. What was the question? Well, ask us about the chopped liver.
1: How the, what do you think of the chopped liver without the onion and then what do you think of it with the onion?
6: Well, I have not. Ha- I've only had it with limited onion in the past. I mean, I'm a huge chopped liver fan. I love the addition of the onion, but I think that uh, the chopped liver is still the star. Oh, absolutely. And, and there is such a thing as too much onion. Because onion's got a strong flavor. How do you feel about that?
1: I agree, but one or two pieces bumps it up a bit. And
6: I think that's. I mean, I love caramelized onions anyway. When did you get
1: tried in this yet?
6: No, I, no, I haven't I gotten the whole thing too busy recording things yeah a lot of a lot of recording
5: too busy too busy not liking chopped liver right why didn't you send me an eye signal dude the wind man you've been on the inside do
4: you any more to drink
6: anything uh, else no, to wash okay. down the chopped liver no I've got I got him I'm gonna finish loose string for him
5: <laughs> alright thank you very much wind man you should have told me dude
6: Actually, I haven't had chopped liver in about seven or eight years. It's been a really long time. But, that's, but the last time I had it, I hadn't, the synapse that had connected the idea that it was liver hadn't hit yet. So in the years subsequent, I realized that, in fact, it is chopped liver. And, uh, and that's just really unbelievable.
4: But, you know, it's, what's really disarming about it is it kind of looks like ice cream. You know, it sort of looks like a refreshing scoop of ice cream. So
5: That's important. a TV show I would watch where people come into an ice cream shop and then it's just scoops of chopped liver and just watch their reaction.
4: Well, it's not on Spike already. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it really tough to program some of those networks? It's just like, let's take a version. Let's see what a kind of dumb 25-year-old male would like of this version of things that already exist. Then you have a
5: Luke, can I stick my straw in your beverage? Why don't you just ha- have a, have a man drink? Uh, let me. Let, okay, listen. You're you're sort of uh, you know your domain is all things food. My domain is all things booze juice. Anytime you bring me a drink, not you, but a person brings me a drink with a straw, the straw goes to the side. Look at Win right now with the straw going. Does that look manly? I mean, Win's selling it. If it couldn't look manly, it, it would look. I <laughs>
4: I feel the uh, the plastic connects me to the liquid, and it reminds me that I'm corporeal.
5: I feel like I feel like dudes don't drink drinks with straws in them, because did you see what it looked like when Dan was sipping from a straw? That's not manly. Do you ever see Bogey do that?
6: Um, I'm not really concerned with how I look, clearly.
5: Clearly. <laughs> that happened (laughs) again uh, you know more about what was on that tape than I do because I have not listened back to it because again I think I'm pretty embarrassed about it I guess not so embarrassed that I wouldn't put it out as another edition of TBTL but anyway I hope that was at least uh, moderately entertaining Um, alright let's see that's going to wrap it up for this week of broadcasting on TBTL thank you very much for listening if you are in the New York area um, we're going to meet up tomorrow at 4 p.m. at the Standard Beer Garden over near the High Line. So if you are around and you want to come out and uh, have a drink, uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Um, otherwise, like I said, MSNBC, Saturday morning and then Monday, we'll be back in Seattle bringing you a, uh, a, more, a more traditional version of TBTL. Thanks for listening this week. Hope you have a great weekend. Until we see you on Monday, please remember, no mountain too tall, and good luck to all.
0: God, I want a pastrami sandwich now. <laughs> right? <laughs> right.
2: Ugh, I just want to stuff my mouth uh, with some hot pastrami.
3: And some of that liver, too. That liver and onions. Jewish really guacamole? Good. <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to brag. Have either of you been to the second avenue? Dolly? No,
2: Bobby. No, I haven't. I
0: haven't. Well, that's that's a damn shame because I've been several times and oh. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places in New York. That makes sense. Uh, and I definitely went after hearing this episode the next time I was in New York just to be like, this is it. This is where this happened. And before I get distracted, I meant to mention it before the clip, as the guy said, they were all documenting one another. So in addition to this episode of TBTL, uh, there's an episode of The Sporkful featuring Dan's audio from this project, uh, which you can take a listen to. And we'll put the link in the show notes. And I think we're going to talk about that in a minute because, Charlie, you had some interesting notes on that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, uh wins video of this actually also got posted to youtube by the sporkful so if you want to watch this go down or at least parts of it go down it's been edited a little bit better Uh, we'll put the youtube link in and we'll post all that on facebook i did ask mike pesca today if he ever did anything with his audio for npr and he no he couldn't find a way to squeeze it into any of his sports reports
2: you you talked to pesca today (laughs)
0: <laughs> I I called in a favor to see if he had used this audio because I wanted did to cover all our bases. Me? Did he
2: talk about me? Did he talk about me? Did he bring me up at all?
0: No? He cited <laughs> the restraining order and then asked to okay, be left good. alone. Good, good. Well, where did I begin with this episode? So these four knuckleheads sitting around a table. Actually, even before they get into the clip, I love the fact that Luke introduces the clip. From the night before, <laughs> explains what happened and then blatantly explains the fact that he has not listened to it and he's not going to listen to it. But he wants us to I know. To.
2: I love that. He's like, This could be <laughs> awful. It could be terrible. Let's just do it. Let's go.
0: <laughs> well, it was the only audio yep. we had, so yep. it was a show. Yeah. Charlie, for yes. people who go and listen to the Sparkful show, you have in your notes a comment on the production value of T B T L versus the Sparkful. Are you a regular Sparkful listener? Um
3: well I haven't had a chance to listen to the Sparkful lately, but I was when this show was posted. And the production value of TVTL and Sparkful was just vastly, vastly different. I mean, (laughs) you can hear it in in this version. You have Dan asking them to repeat what they just said. And in the Sparkful version, I mean, none of that is in there. It's so nice and tight and sounds like a really, really put together show. When behind the scenes, you know, it sounded like how it, would, how it does here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically, TBTL sounds like a production meeting for this <laughs> book. <Yes. laughs> you know what, though? I
2: think that's that's endearing. I think that's one of the things I really like about TBTL. I, I like that it's not polished and it's not perfect and it feels really real. Also, it makes me um, not feel so bad about myself because <laughs> at least I'm... <laughs> doing better than tbtl right
0: i'm kidding you can just uh just uh point the fan at your (laughs) pumpkin spice latte soaked ass and right move on (laughs) it's not going to make sense for anyone who isn't friends with you on facebook their cheer to start recording one two three no friends in high school yes (laughs) thought that was very telling that was amazing and there was actually a conversation about how the the tone shifts for each of the shows. Yes, uh, Pesca mentions we'd have to repeat everything, but not use any contractions for the NPR audience. <laughs> and I thought there was a lot of foreshadowing here. I mean, the hindsight, of course, helps a lot. But but Pesca talks about doing spots on CNN where they actually talk about their demo yes. and have an educated conversation about their audience. Where whereas NPR just does what they think they're supposed to do. And sure enough, a couple of years later, Pesca bails on NPR to go do his own thing with Slate. I already asked you if you're a Sporkful listener. Charlie, are you a Gist listener?
3: Oh, yes, I am. I love the Gist.
0: And Joe? Oh, please. Of course. I love the Gist. <laughs> to get your daily dose of Pesca? Yes. I can't get enough. Just a few other notes from this episode. You can tell that it's earlier in Luke's life because he orders a Johnny Walker Red and then a Grey Goose and Soda at the same time. Uh-huh. His chaser <laughs>
2: yeah. was a Grey Goose and Soda. I loved it. And I loved that the waitress, Lynn, questioned uh, it. She was all, do you want that Grey Goose instead of the Gen- Johnny Walker? And he was like, no, 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 no I need a chaser. That's, I, I need them both.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Lynn for a minute. Is she just the caricature of the waitress you want when you go to a place like a, an old Jewish jelly? Yes.
3: I thought that was the same person um that Langer's article was about. Remember when Andrew <laughs> was talking right. about that that waitress in Langer's? I thought this could be exact the exact same person.
0: Yeah, they all go to the same <laughs> uh sassy waitress yes. conventions in Pittsburgh every she was year. That's amazing. And they just trade notes.
2: I want a little <laughs> bracelet, W W L D. What would Lynn Do? <laughs>
0: she would just make fun of you and yep. tell you to eat the chocolate. And you know what? Yes. That's the answer to
2: everything. She's she's on it. She's a smart lady. Well, she's been doing it for 20 years. I know. Did you ever, Did when you made the trip there, did you ever get Lynn? Did you look for her? Did you ask for her? I have so many questions.
0: Uh, I did not seek out Lynn, but I think everyone I've ever had wait on me at Second Avenue Deli has been sort of equally knowledgeable and sort of sassy <laughs> i think it just comes with the territory right. of a place like that uh, i will say they really missed out on the matzo ball soup did they? which you know is is another classic order but it's awesome. when
2: they were all ordering and i think was it dan somebody mentions the soup and i remember the first time when this aired originally listening and just like please somebody get the soup please please and nobody did and my My disappointment was heavy then, and it it was with the re-listen. So it's good to know it's good there.
0: (laughs) I was sick as a dog one of the times we were in New York, and we met with a friend, and we almost didn't go, but I'm glad we did, because I got the matzo ball and it totally worked. It saved you. It did exactly what it's supposed to do. And then the latkes. I don't think they got latkes either. At least they didn't talk about it.
3: But they did talk about those pickles that Luke grabbed, and then as soon as he ate it, he put it back in the bowl. (laughs)
0: Which made me laugh so hard. I loved it. You know, I'll give him some slack for that because it's the one thing on the table that's so acidic that it's going to kill anything you put on that pickle. Yeah. Okay. Kind of an amateur move, though. you got to know better than to grab the full sour pickle.
3: Yeah. So how many things do you think he spit out? He spit out the liver?
0: (laughs) Well, to be fair, he did call himself the goy at the table. He did. He owned it. Which I don't think he – I mean – I'm I'm not Jewish, but I understand that goy is a term you have to earn. It doesn't just mean any gentile. Goy is kind of a term of endearment, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it is. I mean if you want to get real um deep into that, you're um maybe a goy toy, but like he's a real goy toy, <laughs> But, you know, go- yeah, you have to earn your goy. I mean not like you earn Mensch, but you got to earn it. Yeah. Sure.
0: Right. Well, that right, that's the next degree I'd like to think at least in some circles, because I have a Jewish friend. I, I've worked my way to You, you to do? You have death. a Jewish friend? I do. It's not me. Just one. <laughs> it's not you. Nope. <laughs> We're going to leave it in. We listened to the whole episode. There is the awkward little bit of race talk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, they're getting into their cups toward the end of this. And through all that, the really upsetting part is that Luke eats the chopped liver, hates it, and then realizes that Wynne also didn't eat it, but that nobody's shitting on Luke. Yep.
3: <laughs> and he has that look like, I trusted you, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and my last point, drink, uh, liquor, straw, no straw. What do you guys think about this? I
2: say no straw.
3: No straw. Every time a drink comes in with a straw, I remove it just like Luke.
0: Absolutely. And my problem is if I don't take it out immediately, I start bending it around the glass. and Yeah. It- Like, screwing around with it and not just drinking and being depressed like I'm supposed to. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, it just looks more depressing when you're stirring your drink in the glass, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Charlie, did we miss anything? Did I miss anything in my notes? Was there anything you wanted to dive into on this episode?
3: Well, besides the $16 liquor, I mean, it was a triple. Like, everybody got to drink from that one Johnny Walker cup. (laughs)
0: Right. yeah. Dan (laughs) kept trying to steal sips of Luke's drink. Actually, so the $16, I think that was the sandwich. Yeah,
2: the $16 was the sandwich and then the Johnny Walker was in a tumbler or something. That was supposedly very large, so that was the steal (laughs) of the century. But I don't know how well that worked out because Dan kept taking it, so, you know.
0: And, you know, that was kind of a loss leader because Luke did get a second sandwich. He
2: did.
0: Yes, he did. Well, he, I, I don't, I couldn't tell for sure if it ever actually came to the table or not, but he really he tried. did,
2: and It's so funny when he first ordered the second sandwich and maybe this is just the Jew in me, but I just totally, I, I kind of lost it. Cause I was like, does he even know how much those are? I mean, that's expensive. Can't believe he's ordering a second <laughs> sandwich. Jeez.
0: I'm sure he charged oh, it sure, all to CBS sure. or something that, that came yep. out of his per diem. Uh, so he didn't really care. <laughs> Charlie, thank you again. I, I, this is one of my, it seems that all my favorite episodes are food related, which is probably a bigger <laughs> issue. No, I want to
3: thank you for staying up.
0: Oh, cause... that's no problem. We're glad to have you. I don't mind staying up late to have a, a far away guest on. That said, let's jump on to our next little topic before we get going. And that's me telling you how you can be the next Charlie. <laughs> Folks, you can get involved. Submissions to the form have slowed Some of you who filled out the form chose an episode that has already been done. We still want to talk to you. Hopefully you have more than one episode you love. So feel free to go back, pull another one, remind us, go to the form again. Um, Some of you filled out the form, but didn't actually put an episode. So (laughs) (laughs) give us an inkling as to what you want to talk to. Um, If you can find it through the infinite guest website or somewhere else, that's always helpful. And feel free to bug us, shoot us a message. Drop a line on our Facebook page if you want help with that. Speaking of our Facebook page, that's Little Red Bandwagon. Of course, the website's littleredbandwagon.com. We're also in the Stens page. On Twitter, I'm at RL Pape. Joe's at Joe Fellini, J O F E L L I N I. Mike, not with us tonight, but always in our hearts at Drew McFrizz. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Charlie, is there a good way for tens to get in touch with you? And maybe if there were any Hawaii tens out there we don't know about. Well, I'm Show on us the, where you are.
3: I'm on the Stens page, and I'm also on Twitter at MergeCross, M-E-R-G-E-C-R-O-S-S, and just give me a follow.
0: Yeah, let's get the Little Red Bandwagon bump for at Merge Cross this week. <laughs> shoot us an email at Little Red Bandwagon. That means three people are going to follow you on, on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com is our email. Leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. A little bit of housekeeping tonight. We will skip... The archive project update. Joe, I won't put Thank you on the God. spot for that, but tell us about the latest. <laughs>
2: Thank goodness. Let's skip that.
0: Well, it's pretty, you know, you, it's been the I'm same thing. I put myself every week. on the hot seat. Uh, I'm not doing gold that. Gold Star. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. tell us about the latest episode of tired and emotional yes you are yes so uh the
2: latest episode we have i had an aerosmith weekend and what's that you ask that's a weekend filled with sex drugs and rock and roll so i talk about that i go to a gun (laughs) range i get a tattoo and i do all kinds of other fun things Um, And we have some fun stuff coming up. I'm training to become a certified Cuddlist. So what's that, you ask? Tune in to Tired and Emotional to find out.
0: Well, if that's not a giant tease, I don't know what is.
3: I actually know a certified cuddleist. Do you? Yes, it was one of my uh, teachers in high school. Whoa, that's not something I should be saying, right?
0: I mean, the (laughs) first rule of... (laughs) LRB after hours. (laughs) No, no. Certified cuddling is above board and completely legit and if you want to hear more giggling about a tired emotional (laughs) is the place to do it. Also, at least one part of that Aerosmith weekend was groupon fueled. It was. It was. And it's up it's up to you to go figure out which part (laughs) it
2: was.
0: With that, uh Joe, why don't you get us out of here?
2: Yes. Um my closing tonight is there's no hug like a pesca mouth hug. Good night everybody.
0: Oh, God, I guess we love you, everyone, is what's left on me. Jen, Mike, Emily, we're thinking about you this week.
3: Nailed it. Oh,
5: man, that was really good.